You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Judith Gordon comes to coaching and program facilitation from the trenches of legal practice. As an attorney, she experienced firsthand the challenges of client demands, internal pressures, external drivers, and time constraints. At the core of her work is a commitment to thriving, both professionally and personally. Coupled with her coach training and experience teaching at UCLA School of Law, Judith has developed tools and programs for helping clients to improve their performance and feel better in the process. In short, to thrive. And I've got with me on this show a special guest, a previous guest, Judith Gordon, talking today about thriving in law. Judith, I'm excited to have you back on the show today. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you, Scott. So before we kind of go into some of the content, tell me about your new venture, the Center for Thriving in Law. Tell me about what that is and how that can help partners. And then we'll, or or not just partners, but attorneys. And then we'll kind of talk about some of the, the tactical things that you have in terms of advice for attorneys. Sure, happy to. So the Center for Thriving in Law is an outgrowth, let's say a solution to what what I've been hearing from lawyers over the past several years about the need for having tools and strategies to thrive in law. So they may not have said it exactly like that, mm-hmm. but when they would hear about the course that I teach at UCLA Law School, which is a course identifying your values, aligning your practice with your values, and strategies for managing the demands and the pressures of practice, the response that I get is almost unanimously one of two responses. Either I need that, I could use that in my practice, or I wish I'd had that in law school. So Mm. it got me thinking that it would be great to have one place, a resource, a platform for lawyers to turn to where they could get those tools and strategies, where they could learn how to interrupt a stress response, or how do I manage a difficult conversation, or how do I increase my productivity. So it's a platform where lawyers anywhere across the country or perhaps even across the globe can log on and look for something they need or perhaps just browse and find something they didn't know they needed but found interesting. That's great. So tell me again, what would be an example, let's say, kind of in the real world, what would be a case study of someone that you've worked with and what would be a problem that they've solved and how specifically did your solution help them? Right. So I had a a client who was dealing with a very, very complex matter in bankruptcy and it had criminal aspects, it had civil aspects, it had real estate aspects, it had business sale aspects. It was probably one of the most complicated cases I'd ever heard of. And I'm actually feeling a little anxious just talking about it. And he approached me and said, I I need to improve my performance. He was so inundated with all the different aspects of the case. He needed a way to organize his thinking. And he was also feeling very, very stressed, as you can Mm -hmm. imagine. And unfortunately, there were the 
some of the parties were a little, were quite unscrupulous and had filed a few complaints, bogus complaints against him personally as well. So those were dismissed. But you can imagine, yeah, you can imagine the anxiety and, and stress he was experiencing, not just in being able to manage the case, but also having to deal with the personal attacks. So what we did was we were able to look at his mindset. What was he thinking? What were the thoughts and the attitudes that were directing his actions and then modifying his mindset so that he could be in a more uh, productive state? So what do we know about the brain? We know actually that we are way more productive when we are slightly relaxed, when we're relaxed and slightly happy, excuse me, right? Right, So. So the brain actually, a lot of lawyers like to say, I work best when I'm stressed. Well, that may be the impetus for getting an action done, for getting the job done. But your brain actually isn't in its optimum cognitive state when Mm -hmm. it's stressed because the brain is shutting down our thinking. It's actually preventing us from being able to be creative or or think of all the different perspectives that we need. So So let me... Let me ask you this then. So, and we'll talk more about that solution at the end. We'll talk about the website and how attorneys can access that. But let me ask you this. Let's kind of go down this path of stress because I know your focus is thriving in law and it's not just getting by, it's flourishing. And I know that's something that's very specific that you have expertise in. But let's talk about, I would say that out of all the things, dealing with difficult people, being more productive, being resilient, I would think that stress is probably the one that most of them feel, what do you think would be some tips that you would have tactically that someone listening today at the end of the podcast can go back to their desk and implement step one, step two, step three, and feel some sort of relief with that? What would be some recommendations you'd have along those lines, Judith? Right. Well, the first one would be to breathe. Our breathing actually regulates our nervous system. It's like the on-off switch. It's, or you can think about the thermostat in your home. Mm-hmm. If you're regulating the uh, heat or the air conditioning, you turn it up or you turn it down. Well, that is exactly the way our breathing regulates our nervous system. So if we're not breathing correctly, if we're not breathing deeply into the area of the lungs below our heart, where most of our oxygen receptors are, then the message the brain gets is that we're under stress, that something's not okay. Mm-hmm. And it starts to trigger a stress response. So just paying attention to your breathing will automatically calm you. So for example, we are designed, humans are designed to breathe at five to six breaths per minute. Mm-hmm. Most of us are breathing at a rate of 17 to 19. And Fight or flight is 20 breaths per minute. So what does that tell us? That tells us that we're a pretty anxious lot. Yeah, wow. If, yeah. So if we just take a moment to take a slow breath through the nose and inhale, say to a count of six and hold it for a count of three and then exhale to a count of six or nine, the longer the exhale, the, the, the longer the inhale. So exhale to a count of nine and do this three or four times, what this does is it oxygenates the blood, it sends the oxygen to the brain, and it triggers the brain's relaxation response, which then sends a cascade of calming chemicals down through the body. Mm. So 
when we breathe, we're letting the brain know, oh, it's okay. You can relax now. And then the brain sends out the chemicals that our bodies need to relax. So understanding a little bit about our somatic intelligence, how our physiology works is very, very helpful. Well, that's interesting. So that's something that's free. A partner can just sit there and relax by focusing on breathing for an attorney, anybody listening to the show. Yes. That's great. So what are some other recommendations that you would have for a partner or anybody listening that is experiencing stress? Besides breathing, what are some other tactical ideas you can give to them? Managing our thoughts. And what do you mean by that exactly? Uh, We all have an inner critic. We have automatic negative thoughts. Uh, Some people like to refer to them as ants and they swarm all over us like ants at a picnic. Mm. We can be doing something that we're highly competent in, that we, we have an expertise in that area. And yet we will still have these automatic negative thoughts saying you haven't prepared enough, what if, et cetera. And these are the kinds of automatic thoughts just pop up out of nowhere we all have them that can interfere with our thinking, with our ability, with our clarity, with our um, ability to be creative, innovative, think new thoughts, have, see other perspectives. And so being very aware of our automatic negative thoughts and being able to manage those thoughts, literally sometimes just say to those thoughts, you're not being helpful right now. Right, right. I don't need you. Again, these are protective measures that we've developed, but we have to understand that we have this uh, incredible brain, the front part of our brain that actually is in charge. And we're able to use that part of the brain to say, no, that's not helpful. I know you're trying to be, but I'm in charge here. I know what's going on. So just that in itself lends a solution to a partner or somebody listening that, that, uh, that really alleviates the stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, if we go back to the individual I was talking about earlier, one of the things that would, because there was so much going on, he would constantly have these automatic negative thoughts, these, these thoughts that, you know, catastrophizing. So he actually, once we went through that, I got a message from him a little later that evening that he had tried it and it worked and he felt so much better because it cleared his mind and he was able to really focus on what he needed to focus on instead of having all of this unhelpful thinking get in the way. So actually, by focusing on this, by taking time away from solving that particular problem that that partner has that's causing the stress, by taking time away from that and focusing on the deep breathing and just some of the mental exercises that you mentioned, they'll be able to have the strength to be able to solve that problem that's causing the stress. Yes, absolutely. And and there are several reasons for that. First of all, it sounds like it takes time, but it only takes a matter of seconds. Right. So this idea that I'm having these thoughts and I, I need to push them out of the way, we're talking about it and it's taking a minute or two to discuss it or a few minutes. But when we're in the process of it, it's seconds. So it's very, very quick and it's it's pretty easy to do. Same with the breathing. I literally had a partner uh, uh, in big law actually say to me, what if I don't have time to breathe? That <laughs> question just it stopped me in my tracks because 30 seconds, who doesn't have 30 seconds? We right. all do. In fact, you will gain much more if you take 10, 15, 20 seconds to take a breath. 
So I just wanted to emphasize and reiterate that these tools, these strategies are not taking time away from what you're doing. They're actually giving your time back because you become more productive and calmer. The other piece that's really important about the question you just asked is that the reason it gives us it gives us back our time is because it puts us in charge. It gives us control. And one of the elements of, of managing stress is that we feel much less stressed when we feel that we're in charge or when we feel in control. Right. So when we're not in control, then our stress goes up. But by doing these, we're taking charge, we're taking back control. And so we're also feeling less stressed. That's great. So just if we were to survey partners or, and, you, and I know you've worked with all different types of people, but partners specifically, mm-hmm. we were to ask them out of all the issues that impact them the most. And what's interesting is that now we're getting into the world of emotions and it's, it's kind of a sidebar. Anytime I deal with a partner that's moving, I always tell them that when you move to a different firm, that will be an emotional decision. Yes. It's not wrong. You want to make sure that the infrastructure is there, that everything else is there so you can allow yourself to feel that excitement of moving. I said, it's going to be emotional. Yes. And so I think that the smart ones truly know that it's an emotional world and their emotions do impact their performance. And if you look at high-performing athletes, those are the yeah. ones that are masters of emotional mastery and how it impacts how they perform in the field. So if we were to look at all those variables that impact a partner emotionally in the most significant way, whether it's people, relationships, whether it's coping with disappointment, resilience, stress, whatever. What, what do you think the top one or two of those are? Would it be managing stress? Would it be dealing with people? What do you think, out of all the things that impact partners in the most significant way, what do you think the top one or two of those things would be? Well, I think that what I hear the most is that there's a very high bar for performance. And that there's very little room, if any, for error. And so attorneys and partners in particular are concerned with not making a mistake, that they see it almost as a point of no return. Whereas the reality is that humans make mistakes. And that is a big part of life. So how do we manage and deal with a, the possibility of error, which is what is stressing a lot of attorneys out, that they're getting really anxious about the fact of thinking about what if, what if I make a mistake or what if this doesn't go well or what, what if. So there's a big concern around that. Mm. And then understanding that we're not in charge of everything that happens, but if we know how, if we are attuned to our mental and emotional state, and we can develop that agility, then we're able to pivot much more quickly when surprises show up. So law is challenging. It's it's a difficult, challenging uh, profession and also can be a very exciting profession. So what distinguishes attorneys who are able to pivot quickly, who who have that mental and emotional agility from attorneys who panic or feel stuck or are just anxious over what what the what ifs. Right. And the difference is this ability to shift from oh no to bring it on. It's it's a mindset shift. It's also an emotional shift. I think that your analogy to athletes is 100% spot on. Mm-hmm. 
I love using analogies to athletes because if you think about it, before any star basketball player goes out on the court or a tennis player goes out onto the court or a skier jumps off a ski jump 120 meters in the air, they have to be completely calm. They have to be completely focused and they have to know why they're doing what they're doing. They're out there focusing on making that shot or or returning that serve. And they can't be thinking about the disagreement they had with their loved one an hour earlier or, or the what ifs or what might go wrong. They are really present in the moment and focused. I think that's a perfect analogy. So let me ask you this. And I, I think what you've put together in our building is a significant solution that can impact attorneys in a meaningful way that affects them personally, which if you do that, then it's going to affect them professionally. Because if you can help them grow, not just in the, you can't help them with their legal skills, but you can help them with their people skills. You can help them with their resilience skills in building resilience muscles and learning how to manage emotions and all the other things that truly impact somebody's performance. So Judith, let's talk about adversity, true or false. Do you think adversity brings out our greatest strengths and desires to the surface? I do. And tell me about that. Why do you think that is? Well, if you think about it, when we were children, we never would have been able to learn to walk if we didn't stand up and fall and stand up and fall. Now, for a toddler, that's a level of adversity. And the same is true for adults. Anything that we learn, anything new that we learn has to occurs through a process of effort. And there's an uncomfortable phase. There's a there's a phase of, this is difficult. I don't quite get this yet. And we start going through these machinations until it starts to make sense. So learning requires a level of challenge. It requires a level of difficulty. And if we don't, if we don't experience it that way, then we actually don't develop our brains don't develop the way they're supposed to. And even as adults, we know that our brains are continually growing, learning, changing. So even as adults, we don't want our efforts to be too simple because then we're not learning and we're not growing and we're not expanding. We really need the challenges and the adversity to grow. There's a, there's a somatic analogy to that we have our bones and our muscles are continually rubbing against one another. And when our bones get brittle, it's because we haven't had that friction of muscle on bone. And so it's the friction of muscle on bone that actually strengthens our bones, that makes them more dense. And that's an analogy that I like to use because it's the same in life. It's the friction of life. It's the things that we go through and survive that make us stronger because we can look at that and go, yes, I was able to handle that. I made it through that challenge. And I think if we're never challenged in that way, then we don't develop the skill set for standing on our own two feet, just like a toddler. Well, Judith, I think you've got some wisdom that can help attorneys in a very meaningful way. Tell me about how they can get access to this resource. 
Yes. Well, the Center for Thriving in Law, www.centerforthrivinginlaw.com, mm-hmm. is a platform that has a combination of free and some paid resources. So the free resources, and there is continually growing and expanding, include short animated videos that bring you what I call Thrive Bites. So quick productivity tips, quick stress management tips, a quick um, tips on sleeping or tips on meditation, quick meditation tips. So the Thrive Bites are animated videos. Anybody can log on. They can be fun for taking a break. And we know that breaks are very, very important. We need to give our brains a rest in order for them to be to function optimally. So there are infographics that people can download uh, where they can pin those up on their bulletin board when they just want to look at something that'll uh, remind them of how to manage their day better, how to be more productive. And then there are also, there's a productivity primer, which is a tool that I use myself and started to share with my clients and started to share with others. And I found it to be so effective that if I start to feel ungrounded or not sure what I need to do next, I realize that it's because I haven't been using my productivity primer, which is a, uh, a journal, a, a short book that, that brings in the tools on productivity, what makes us productive and uh, how do we know how to manage our time and our energy. And I use that myself for managing my day and managing my weeks and making sure that what needs to get done gets done. So there are a lot of free resources. There are others. There are, there are speakers. And also there's a mindset assessment that anybody can take. And it gives you an, a sense of, of your thinking, of your mindset. Are you more inclined to be on the optimistic side? Are you, are you engaging what I call cooling thoughts, which, which are the more limiting thoughts? Because limiting thoughts, again, interfere with our ability to perform at our best. Sure. So... So this will give you a sense. And of course, I think that even the assessment can shift from day to day, but I I think it gives people a good baseline for seeing where they are uh, in terms of how am I viewing the world? How am I seeing my practice and being able to then take a step back and see where they need to shift? The assessment is very good at, at doing that. Well, that sounds like a robust offering that you have, Judith. We're going to put that link on our show notes as well. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Judith. Thanks to everybody for listening. And Judith, I, I really appreciate your time and your advice. And I'm sure we'll have you back here on another show here in the next few months. And I'm sure that uh, you're going to be a huge success in bringing this sort of value to those people that are listening to this that take advantage of your offering. Great. Thank you, Scott. It's Thank been you, a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.